Hey, I'm Henry. And I'm Dan. And we're a couple of fucking sweaty nerds. Alright, Dan. Uh, so we're just getting back from that Stevens Point rock wall, which I'm very appreciative of. Uh, having such a cheap ability to climb on campus. I know you're uh, a lot more into rock climbing than me. You want to talk about Adventure Club a little bit and how you get to go on some cool trips with them? Yeah, I mean, uh, Stevens Point has got a really unique uh, club. I mean, a, a lot of schools have some type of adventure club or something like that, but um, our, our crew is small enough that I've been able to go on trips all across the country for pretty cheap and got to do lots of different stuff like rock climbing and mountain biking and all those kind of things. And I don't know, me and Henry are always talking about the stuff that we're doing and uh, our topic for tonight kind of came up uh, through that. We're going to talk a little bit about some some of the weirder, more obscure recreation activities that uh, people around the world kind of get into. So, yeah. yeah, let's get into it. Um, I guess I'll start off um, just because I've found quite a few different things. Not that they're all that related to each other, but the first thing that um, kind of popped up at me when I was looking at a, a list online of just like all these different things to do outdoors, all this different recreation is geocaching because I used to do that all the time when I was younger. Oh, My yeah. parents used to take me geocaching all the time and it's just such a weird thing. If you were ever a, a Boy Scout, you definitely did some geocaching. Yeah, I just remember like tromping through the woods for like a half hour trying to figure out where this tiny little like tin box is. And then we find it and open it, and my parents are like, oh, here's a little trolley doll or something. <laughs> uh, it's just, it was just junk in it, yeah. but um, it was kind of cool, you oh, know, hunting fun. those down. I remember the coolest one I did, it was like, uh, I heard of the Elroy Sparta Trail. It's like a biking trail. You go through some, like, old train tunnels or whatever, and mm. the geocache that we found, it was like, you had to walk, like, a little bit into the tunnels, and it's, like, dark inside the tunnels. It's not lighted, and that's, like, part of the cool part is that you're just, like, just biking in the yeah. dark or whatever. Seems kind of sketchy now that I get about it. But anyways, you go a little bit in there, and, like, you p literally pull a brick out of the wall, and, like, in the in the inside of the brick, there's, like, the geocache. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like that one scene in, like, National Treasure. You look in the back of the brick, and I was so psyched. I'm like, this is cool yeah that's really cool <laughs> uh so i i got a whole list of stuff here uh yacht land sailing and yachting which i didn't even know was a thing it's these people they make like almost like a go-kart um a lot of times on a beach but then they've got a sail and so they're like sailing but on land i thought that was kind of funky there's mountain boarding which it's like a long board but with extra big wheels on it and you, you get like, like strapped into that thing right yeah it's like a snowboard almost um <laughs> i feel like i feel like there's no way to stop on that you know no dude that that's the thing that sketches me out is like at least snowboarding you can like you know turn your board sideways and stop yourself but mountain boarding like all right you're either gonna make it to the bottom or you're gonna hit a tree or something totally no uh, breaks have, so you know before we get too far into this list is there some stuff that you've done that's like pretty obscure recreation activity or have you lived a fairly normal normal life with that kind of stuff um i don't think i've done anything too wild um like i've done foraging and stuff which not a ton of people get into um 
I've after doing the <laughs> tree for, climbing, uh, except for uh, the people that on the back side of the plot that we were working at this summer at Picnic Point. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a group of heavy foragers that weren't allowed to be in there, and our our boss used to gripe about yeah. having to kick them out because yeah. they were foraging too hard. Well, I I remember the day that I found some oyster mushrooms on that site. And, like, a bunch of them really healthy. And when you're removing mushrooms, you're not really damaging the ecosystem at all because you're just taking the fruiting body. It's like taking away a flower, but as you're walking out, you're still dispersing spores. But they would not let me take those oysters. And I got really tempted to, like, stash them and come back for them. But then I was like, I don't want to get caught by, like, our bosses, like, a couple weeks into our job like sneaking back into the woods to grab some nice picturing you at like midnight and like the in all black yeah yeah exactly yeah with the headlamp like red light just shining in the woods (laughs) yeah and then uh i've done just kind of like on my own some some tree climbing more than just um like climbing up it but i took a a class for if you're going to become an arborist where you're using gear and you're in a harness a tree climbing harness and um so I've I've gone out on my own just to keep those skills up and set a line up in a tree and done some limb walking like fifty feet off the ground. It's a lot of fun. Sure. Um, Normal people don't do much of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a little out there. What about you, Dan? Some kind of unique stuff. I'd say like I guess I've gone like I don't know if you've done this at like ever before, but like I've done like potato gun shooting. Like we oh, made a potato gun man. and launched that shit. It's pretty fun. I kind of got a story about that. Um, <laughs> so you have to. One of my few rebellious moments in my childhood, I was sleeping over at a friend's house, and we had another friend over that was, like, almost a bad influence on us. Or at least that's how <laughs> my was parents probably kid. viewed it. Okay. Yeah, he was kind of wild. But um, we snuck out of my friend's house at, like, 1 in the morning, and we just, like, went out in the neighborhood. We had stashed a potato gun. A homemade potato is like a cannon in the woods. We shot that off, which mad loud. It sounds like a gunshot, and we were like in this park surrounded by houses. And then he had these homemade fireworks too that were super sketchy, and uh, we lit those off, <laughs> making a lot more noise. And all like the lights around this park, like all the houses, the lights start turning on. And we like booked it back to the house. We ended up getting caught by his parents. I don't really know how, but we did. Uh, and it was it was just quite the experience. That I was. That sounds like some good old redneck fun right there. Yeah, it definitely wasn't totally my crowd, but it was a, it was a fun night. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> All right, so uh, back to maybe some even more obscure than ours are maybe a little, but not. I wouldn't say any of those are super obscure. Probably what not. What was like maybe like one of the most obscure things that you found in your your search for crazy recreational things? Anything pop out? I've got a few in mind. Oh, yeah, let's hear yours. (laughs) Well, I was telling you a little bit about it earlier, but I think the one of the funnier ones was uh, there's camel jumping is apparently (laughs) a sport, and it's like a pretty prestigious thing between a couple different people. I don't know how that that started. You know what country that originates uh, from? I can look it up right now, but I don't know. Camel. I was watching videos of it, too. People were getting, like, four camels, and they're not even really off the the ground when they start so four camels yeah when you <laughs> yeah. said that i was picturing like one and maybe like they 
I don't know, haven't kneeling or standing up for difficulty level. I didn't think that you're jumping over like four. Oh, I'm looking right now. And it, okay, so it's in Yemen. That's where it it, it originates. Okay. And so what camel jumping is for if anybody wants to give this a try. What camel jumping is, is that you essentially put, like, a mound of dirt one foot high off the ground. So you get one foot, that's okay. your launch pad, and then you just kind of huck it over some, like, full-size camels. Wow, uh, it's pretty cool. funny. I'm looking right now, too, and it says, amazing six camel jumping, and it says in parentheses, only in Arab Yemen. So I guess, like, <laughs> if, if you're not from Arab Yemen, then there's no way you're fucking jumping over six. Yeah, were you saying that was, like, used to settle disputes yeah so i think originally like way back when i don't know it was they were probably just like sitting around the fire one night in a dispute between groups uh like a rose and then yeah there may have been alcohol involved i'm but. i don't know like i would imagine <laughs> i could imagine myself at the bar saying that i could jump over a camel and someone telling me i couldn't and then yeah settled the dispute as who could jump over more camels kind of won the the big debate yeah that was, uh, yeah, I thought that that was pretty great. Uh, I would love to try camel jumping someday, slash, like, I'd love to challenge someone to a camel jump, especially after a late evening at the bar. Oh, hey, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you I can jump way more camels than you. Definitely, dude. I'd take you up on that. <laughs> You're going down, man. I wonder how the camel reacts if you, like, don't make it over. Yeah. You think so, it, like, bites you so I, was wa- I was watching the video, too, and, like, it- <laughs> Some of these dudes were landing pretty hard on the camels, and the camels were not very happy about that yeah. that fact or whatever. Yeah. But everybody else was cheering and stuff. So. I imagine so. I guess the other one that I saw too, and I had seen pictures of this in the past. I think I used to have actually a poster, and it's extreme ironing. Like people will bring like ironing boards and irons, and they'll be like on mountaintops or like uh, like on like really rocky boats, and they're trying to like iron <laughs> clothing. I feel like that's some weird extension of, like, planking from the Yeah, actually, you know what it is. It's definitely something like <laughs> yeah. planking. Planking is another weird sport or recreation activity, I guess, people do. Yeah, I suppose so. Kind of dead now. Yeah, for the, for the better, I'd say. <laughs> I wonder if anybody still planks, like, it thinks planking is I'm cool. sure there's at least one guy out there unironically planking. Yeah, the planking dude who's just out there. Yeah. Um, here's one that I, uh, came across extreme pogo, extreme pogo. Yeah. Which like, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a joke. And then I watched this video and these people are doing like flips and double flips. And like, they're doing these crazy tricks where they're like jumping off the pogo midair and then grabbing it again. And then they're going to places like arches and stuff. And they're doing like crazy stuff there. I don't know. It was it's definitely a lot cooler than I pictured. <laughs> I thought it was going to be pretty lame. Another one that I ran into that I I think I've seen before is like toe wrestling. That that apparently gets like super competitive and uh, I, I think I've th- heard about. There's that. like a world championship for that. So is that like two people lay down their big toe? Like? Yeah, the big toe is like what pushes the foot. I guess or yeah. whatever. I wonder. It's pretty gr- like I don't. I don't think I'd ever want to watch. Yeah. That. Activity. I wonder if they keep their feet really clean, or maybe as part of strategy, they just like get some nice foot cheese going or something. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> nasty. Yeah. I definitely don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Here's a another one I came across. So I'm like 
kind of into the the tree climbing and I think that's a lot of fun and there's these people out there um very few and far between um that do tree camping where they'll just take like a hammock set up like 80 90 feet up in a tree you know string it between some branches and they'll sleep in that overnight which it's like a lot of work just to get everything up there and that's kind of like your whole day but uh I bet it's like kind of cool to sleep up there and wake oh, up yeah. and look out I bet, I bet too that's awesome maybe not the most fun in a storm I feel like the people who do that though like probably hold themselves in such high prestige yeah I like, don't know like, yeah oh, yeah like I can do it way up there <laughs> right kind of along a similar line or whatever uh so there's I've done and like viewed so much climbing media at this point I gotta throw in a, a rock climbing one but for a while there was this one dude who has now passed away through extreme sports he died in a base jumping accident unfortunately but like he um came up with this idea that you could uh you could go rock climbing without a rope kind of like what Alex Honnold just did um yeah, but if you were yeah, free so- solo style, but this was called free bass, and not like the free bass that you think of. Um, but uh, what it is is that essentially, if you are to fall, you've got like a bass jumping rig on the back of your like on your back. So if you're high enough up, you can like pull the chute and like potentially save yourself. Um, and this dude did it a couple times, and I guess he, like, successfully saved himself a couple times. Yeah. But you also need to be kind of high enough off the ground, and it's still really risky, but I figure that's that's a pretty obscure one. Yeah, you know, whenever, like, talking about, like, free solo, too, and and now that, the, the free bass, or just about anything like that, I always kind of think about those things and it's like you really have to like weigh out the risk of what you're doing versus like how is that really how much is that benefiting your life like it's probably a lot of fun but like is it worth (laughs) just like dying one day because that is extremely risky to be doing and even like free solo climbing um i know you're usually climbing a route that you're like really confident on and you know all the holds you know what you're doing but like what if one of those holds just breaks away the, that the hold can of break it. off, yeah. and that can be that can be it. Yeah, I'm definitely not not keen on kind of the free soul style. And um, so I kind of ended up going down like a rabbit hole after, <laughs> like I as I as searching I obscure to, like, things tends yeah, to go. Searching oh, obscure okay. things, I ended up looking at like nature ten, rituals and ten, stuff. Ten pages later, okay. Yeah. Um, what did you find? What I came across, not that this is like a recreation thing at all but i just thought it was interesting which is i i started looking into like paganism which you know they they worship nature and everything um and i learned that easter in like the way we celebrate easter totally comes from the pagans like the pagans were doing this stuff christians never really did this it was more of like you know the celebration of jesus's birthday and i just think it's funny because uh for the pagans Here's a quote from this website. Uh, On the day of the spring equinox, the 21st of March, the Anglo-Saxons held a festival in honor of Easter, during which a rabbit was used as a symbol of fertility, and eggs were painted with bright colors to represent the sunlight brought by the coming of spring. The eggs were given away as gifts to family and friends or used in egg rolling contests. 
I think it's kind of cool that, you know, we're like, I always kind of wondered in the back of my head, I'm like, why do we, you know, have these Easter baskets? Why is there an Easter Where bunny? Where the fuck did the Easter bunny come from? Pagans, dude. Hey, They're trying to go. stay fertile. Yeah, hey. It's good to stay fertile. <laughs> <laughs> hey, according to the pagans, it is, so. Yeah, yeah. If you see a rabbit, diving, you, know, you know what's going down. <laughs> diving even deeper down that hole, I got into, like, I started reading about crystals and crystal healing. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, it started to sound a lot like that that article that Tony read us over the summer where <laughs> it was talking about, like, vibrating higher. Um, and so here, here's some things that I read about crystals. It said, in this magical world of vibrations, crystal energy helps you on your spiritual journey because it works to hold your intention and remind you of your connection to the earth. A well-thought-out intention is the starting point for healing crystals because specific intentions instilled into your daily thought patterns also become part of its energy. So these people think that, like, crystals hold, like, if you have an intention, like, oh, I want to get this job, you just put that into your crystal, and it's like... Pop that right in the crystal. Pop it in the crystal, dude. Just (laughs) slam it right in the crystal, and that crystal is going to get it done for you. It's going to give you that positive energy. It's going to help you vibrate vibrate right into that job you know yeah oh yeah i uh i have a a friend from from point and i'm sure we all have friends from point who uh you know yeah. kind of at some point <laughs> believe in some of this stuff and you know who knows maybe maybe they're right and we're wrong or whatever but uh anyways he had a crystal and uh i won it, this was my freshman year we went on a, a trip out to the the needles uh south dakota and we were going climbing that day and we were kind of stuck in like a little traffic jammy thing because there's a essentially like a a one lane like tunnel you have to get through to get um up to the rock climbs we wanted to go so he like pulls down his like sunglasses holder in his car and he pulls out this like fat crystal and he's like he's like he like looks at me and he's like dude i'm driving you gotta put this out the window i'm like what and he's like yeah like hold it out the window and i'm like okay so I'm like holding this crystal out the window, and it's like the sun is hitting it, and he's like, dude, it's charging, just wait. <laughs> and I'm like holding it, and I'm like charging it up for him, and he's like, okay, that's good. And I take it out, and he just like holds on, and he's like, oh, like now I'm going to climb hard that day. And he did, so, you know, like maybe he, yeah. there's, there's well, something There's something definitely to it, something right? to the placebo effect. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <you> man, <laughs> I charged that crystal. I put in that work. It's, yeah. uh... It's worth it, man. Yeah. Um, on, on here it says you have to give your crystal a job and a purpose. Crystals want to work for you, but you have to tell it what to do. So, <laughs> you know, next time, like, there's a landslide or something, I'm just going to tell those rocks, hey, I need you to get out of my way. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, crystals. I need you to get yeah. out of my Anytime I walk into a room with a crystal in it, now I'm going to tell it something to do. And we'll see what happens, you know. Maybe we can come Dude. back and, you know... I don't know I, who's to say, but yeah. in three months there may be a, a podcast coming out that's entitled Crystals, and we just totally, <laughs> we totally, you know. You know, I'm thinking that might be next week. We're going to come back and be like, holy shit, dude, we were wrong. These crystals work. I will say, it's nice to have like a salt, like one of those Himalayan Yeah, salt. I got those. Those are... Those are you know, my, my girlfriend convinced me that she liked it when she'd go by. She was like, oh, yeah, I like that when I want something a little salty. And then, so, like, 
I did it a few times, <laughs> and then I found out she was just fucking with me. So, you know, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's funny. You got uh, any other weird and wacky recreation? I think that that was the main list that I had. Okay. Have you heard of paramotoring before? <laughs> I have not, I've never heard of paramotoring. Paramotoring is, like, really crazy. There's a lot of videos of it on YouTube, and it's people. So you take, like, a paraglider. Like, uh, it's like a parachute, but, you know, it, as you're falling, you're getting propelled forward a lot more than you would in a normal parachute. And uh, you strap what's basically like a giant fan to your back. So it's kind of like uh, those boats that go into swamps and stuff, airboats. And these people are able to, like, take off and just fly around with this fan on their back and this parachute <laughs> overhead. And they'll, like, they'll do flips and stuff in the air. That sounds pretty cool if you can if you can do extreme. it. Yeah, definitely. I guess the last one I wanted to talk about was uh, I, I'm going to butcher the name, but it's Buzkashi. Maybe you've seen videos of it before, but it's like essentially there's two teams of people mounted on horseback, and uh, there's a goat, and what you have to do is you have to take this goat, and your team has to get the goat and bring it to this goal, essentially, like, kind of like, the playing field is kind of like a mile is long. Is it a live goat? It is a dead goat. Okay, that's... That makes it, you know what, that makes it, yeah. That I, makes I it do maybe. think it's better for the goat's sake that they're <laughs> yeah. not, like, ramming yeah. into each other trying to carry this goat around. But. Yeah, um, so what you do in, yeah, in the sport is essentially, like, everybody's like pulling at this goat and like pushing each other off of horses and shit like it's pretty i think a lot of people get pretty wrecked during this uh event but uh if you get the goat goat through the gold and uh then you win and you to keep the goat is I, that the prize i don't know if that's a prize or not <laughs> <laughs> i need to do more studying yeah on, uh, yeah it says it's uh, central Kashi. asian yeah, that was a good idea to look at other cultures. I feel like we're probably missing a whole lot of, like, there really stuff. There are probably so many things that you can do out there. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Uh, so the last one that I was going to talk about um, is just squatching. Good old squatching. Squatching. So, uh... Hey, we're up north. There's woods around us and stuff, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. You can, like, I heard you can just go squatching just about anywhere, but, like, a lot of people really try to hone it in where they go... Like, to areas that, um, like, where Bigfoot has been sighted in the past. Like, air quotes, sighted. Um, and, uh, I, when I'd be camping with my cousin, we'd go squatching too. But it, it wouldn't be looking for Sasquatch. We'd be going out in the woods, because this is, like, a kind of popular campground. A lot of people walk around the beach at night, around this lake, you know, looking at the stars. Our squatching was... We'd hide in the woods and pretend to be Sasquatch. <laughs> and we'd make all these whooping and hollering noises, do some growling, some snorting. I just found you get the best reactions out of the the people that's like a couple romantically sitting on the beach. Because the guy gets all tough all of a sudden and he's like trying to protect her. <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was definitely a bit of a hooligan. Um, so you're the one who's ruining the science of Sasquatching. Yeah. Squatching that's right why uh, up in Northern I take that kind of seriously, man. I don't know. They're, I don't... they're looking for them all the time up there. 
<laughs> it's because uh, the sightings have been me and my you, cousin. You've been planting the seed? <laughs> definitely, definitely. But uh, do you remember Tanner talking about going out s- squatching? I, th- I think I do, yeah. Yeah, so he would say, like, oh, yeah, he'd be up at a cabin with his friends, and he'd just get bored, and he'd, they'd just be like, all right, let's go squatching. But, like, some people get really into it. Not only are they, like, painting down areas where they think it's been sighted before, but they've got, like, sonic equipment trying to pick up Sasquatch calls. Some of them even got, like, thermal cameras, and they're out there in, like, ghillie suits in the dark. You know, as much as Sasquatch, <laughs> probably stumbling upon people's tents, scaring the shit out of them. People that are camping out in yeah. the backcountry, that would oh, definitely shit. scare me. Yeah, no kidding. I wonder if they call them in, like, ducks. You know how duck hunters have, like, duck calls? I what wonder if, if they give, like, a dude, nice Sasquatch call. Dude, give me your best Squatch call. Oh, man. Let's hear it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you just do, like, a nice <laughs> low grunt. Yeah. Like, All right. All right. I guess I'm, like, an ape. Let me, uh, yeah, it's gotta be more primal, you know? Yeah. Ugh, like, that's too. You know, I, for I me. think we both had it, but I think that we were just saying two different things. That's in, true, in yeah. That yeah. Yeah. You know, yours was a welcome home, honey, and mine was more of a get off my property. <laughs> get off. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's all Sasquatch really wants yeah. in the end is to, yeah, man, to get off their property. I, if Sasquatch was a language, I'd definitely learn it. I, <laughs> I didn't do so good in Spanish, but I definitely put in the time for uh, Sasquatch. Hire, hire Tanner as your Squatch guide and you, you'll be able to communicate. Yeah, honestly, if anyone would find it, I bet it would be Tanner <laughs> and no one would believe him. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's it for me. You got anything else? That's about wrapped it up for me. All right. Thanks for listening this week. I hope this one was uh, fun for you.